Welcome to the Recruitment Flex with Serge and Shelly. I'm Serge. And I'm Shelly. And we talk all things recruitment starting right now. Today on the Recruitment Flex, we have two giants of the job board industry. But before we introduce them, how about I introduce my co-host, Shelly? How's it going, Shelly? It's going very well, Serge. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Your hair looks good today, by the way. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I, um, uh, I actually got my hair done. It was, uh, well, I had to, had to, went to the, my stylist and uh, I cried. It was so good to see him. I know that sounds silly, but oh my goodness. It's funny because I'm still living through the quarantine haircuts, but my wife is doing an amazing job. But let's so, not hold <laughs> off these two gentlemen too long. How about you introduce these two gentlemen? Oh, I'd love to. I'd love to. Do you know, uh, Serge, we're so lucky to have, like you said, two giants of the industry, I think, the leading authorities on job boards. So let me introduce, first of all, um, Jeff Dickey Chasens. Jeff, better known as the job board doctor, he was the original marketer, marketing director, sorry, at uh, Dice.com and has worked with over 450 job boards. That's impressive. He, was, he has published multiple research papers, ebooks, blog posts on almost every aspect of the industry. Um, our second guest is Chris Russell, which I think most people certainly know who Chris is. Uh, he is considered the mad scientist of online recruitment. He's the host of the RecTech podcast, managing director of RecTech Media, chief Lancer at HR Lancers, and the founder and managing partner at Rejobify. Please welcome Chris and Jeff. How about we take a quick commercial break, and when we get back, we're going to dive right into it. Sounds good. This episode brought to you by Lucrative.com. Lucrative is an innovative online referral platform for corporate recruitment and talent acquisition professionals where you can refer candidates, post jobs, and hire talent through referrals from industry peers. And when your referrals get hired, both you and your company gets paid. Lucrative, where your network is your networked. Check it out, Lucrative.com. Let's get at her. Okay, so thank you, gentlemen. Um, we're going to start with right from the top. We're going right at it here. With the recent layoffs at ZipRecruiter and Career Builder, should we expect more at the major job boards? Chris, let's uh, let's have you go first. All right, I'll take that one. So I, I think uh, most likely, um, I'll maybe caveat that a bit with uh, you know. The, Players like Indeed and Glassdoor, whom I haven't really heard anything yet out of there, you know, they're owned by Recruit Holdings after Japan, which has really deep pockets. Mm -hmm. So my guess is they're going to hold on for as long as possible before they even try some layoffs because they have that capacity. You know, they're the leaders in the space, um, and uh, I think uh, they have a little more runway to go here as far as letting people go overall. So. Um, I wouldn't uh, be surprised if they do at some point in the future, but at this point, uh, I think they're they're holding pat. Mm -hmm. Great, Jeff. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think it's inevitable. There's going to be more layoffs. Um, it's and you know I work 
a lot with uh, job boards in the EU and also, you know, down in, in Southeast Asia and um, like uh, players like Stepstone and Seek, uh, which are very large job board companies, um, are still, I think, going to be, you know, letting a certain percentage of their workforce go because they just don't have the ability to sort of sustain um, payroll for long periods of time. Although in, in Germany, Stepstone gets some help from uh, the German government on that. Uh, the German government sort of stepped up and offered um, payroll replacement uh, as a national policy. But I think, I actually think Indeed probably is going to be laying off people and it's probably going to be in the sales area and it's probably yeah. going to be uh, the young ones. Uh, you know, the new ones uh, going out. But, um, you know, I'm not sure it's going to be at the same level that Zip was. Zip was a pretty big layoff. Pretty deep, they yeah. decided to take it all. Uh, was, what was it, 40% at the end of the day? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Wow. But everything on Zip Recruiter was was actually on the enterprise rep. So mostly all sales exactly the same. Uh, but they really kept their SMB reps on board and laid off the enterprise, which is maybe just part of their strategy because the, the biggest part of their clientele is on the SMB side. Um, interesting perspective on Indeed for sure. Uh, if you look at where the, there's more where they're more vulnerable is on the sales side. I think that's what we're going to see for sure. Yeah, sales and marketing is definitely going to be the number one uh, sector they're going to you know, get rid of because, I mean, let's face it, they have not much to do right now as far as, you know, calling on to employers out there. Um, so it's uh, it makes sense to, in that respect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's go right into Indeed. So Indeed, like before the, all of this happened, Indeed was really dominating North America for, for many years. Uh, but I, I've heard rumblings in the, in the industry, especially in the U.S., that ZipRecruiter was making serious inroads, especially with traffic and, and client growth. Were you guys hearing the same thing? Chris, how about you jump in first? Well, if you look at the uh, the consumer ads, you might think that overall. Um, I actually did some quick uh, research before the show here and uh, uh, checking the traffic levels. And, and Indeed is still 10 times bigger than ZipRecruiter as far as traffic goes. Yeah. If you look at uh, it's like a similar web, um, Indeed is has 244 million visitors uh, a month compared to Zip, which is about 24 million. So um, Indeed is number 53 in the world. Zip is 371. So just give you some, uh, some data there. Thank you. Um, but uh, the two do kind of fight each other as far as the consumer front uh, with their ad, podcast ads and TV ads, things like that. So, yeah, I think the the thing that uh, that gave that has given Zip so, so much prominence, and people sort of think, oh, you know, maybe they're the same size, is they have gone through this extended period of rapid growth. Whereas it seems to me, and maybe Chris has something to say about this, but uh, where I've seen growth through Indeed has been expansion into other countries and not really substantial growth in, in North America at this point. I think they've sort of plateaued. Um, and to a certain degree, I think some of their uh, enterprise level clients are moving pretty heavily into programmatic uh, plays. And I think that that's probably hurt them to a certain degree. Um, but you know, I don't. I don't have any data to back that up. That's just based on conversations with employers. Is this why Indeed bought Click IQ? Oh yeah. I mean, I, I think Indeed was sort of asleep at the wheel. Um, they could have. You know, they they really should have bought Appcast. I, I and I I just think 
you know, there, I don't know the story behind it, but, um, that was kind of a, <laughs> I thought that was a really bad move on their part, not to be the acquirer of AppCast. But. Yeah, it's interesting because they bought ClickIQ basically two days after AppCast was bought by StepStone. So I'm assuming Indeed was directly involved with AppCast and the acquisition and probably didn't fall through. But again, that's a rumor. So, but mm-hmm. I'm on the same page. Well, let's dive into programmatic advertising. It's one of my favorite subjects for sure. And so if we're looking out, like 2019 was, was massive when it comes to programmatic advertisers being a Required. Um, but there's still some independent players out there. So Jovio is one that comes to mind, Panda Logic. What, what do you think the future is? Obviously, let's discount what's going on right now. But in a regular world, do we see Jovio and Panda Logic staying independent? What do you think is going to happen in that space? Chris, do you want to start with that one? Yeah, I mean, I think they, they could get picked up. I mean, you know, the, the whole programmatic space to me is, you know, A, I think there's, there's already enough players out there as far as, you know, being able to go out and do this if you're, if you're an employer overall. So I don't think we need more programmatic plays at this point. Um, and sometimes I question too, whether in fact how, you know, that they're better for companies who are hiring a lot of people, right? That's, that's the kind of a target market overall. But if the vast majority of uh, jobs come from small businesses who are posting, you know, one, two, three, four jobs at a time, they're not going to use programmatic at this point. So until we get to a point where, there's actually a programmatic play for those types of companies where they can go post one job and distribute it, you know, automatically for one price. Uh, I think they're kind of, um, uh, their, uh, their, their target market here is kind of limited overall. So that's my, kind of my, my overall feeling about programmatic in terms of where it's going. Um, I don't know. What do you, what do you think, Jeff? Yeah, actually it's interesting. I, I pretty much line up with you exactly. And I think we're both kind of biased towards, uh, niche job boards in general. Um, and a lot of, you know, the vast majority of my clients are those types of boards and obviously they're not going to be competing directly against programmatic. Um, but when I, again, you know, I go back to talking to employers and the employers that have success with programmatic tend to be large enterprise level and, uh, you know, like the targets of the world that are hiring thousands of people at a, at a time. Right. And I do think that coming out of the pandemic, that's not going to be the sort of hiring that's going to predominate um, in general. Mm. Um, so I have a feeling there may be, we may be going into a period of softness for uh, programmatic. I suspect yep. that, um, you know, the logical buyer it's gonna be, of, of a, a lot programmatic. For, hmm? It's going to be a lot easier for employers to buy more talent in, in the next you know year or two, because just the amount of jobs that are out there. So it makes sense. It's going to soften, like you said. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, and I read some uh, forecasts this morning saying that, that they, they see the absolute um, bottom level of unemployment, at least in the U.S., uh, for the next 12 months, it's sitting around 10%. So, I mean, if you've got that, that level of unemployment, uh, it's going to look totally different than it did back in February. But um, I think, you know, I think if there was anyone that was going to be acquiring uh, a programmatic uh, play right now, it would either be um, staffing firms. Uh, one of the big staffing firms, or possibly Zip, except Zip's in a defensive mode right now. So I don't think yeah. that's going to happen. Yeah. For yeah, sure. I can definitely see that happening. And if we look at 
um, the programmatic players that are, are surviving right now and, and doing quite well as far as uh, and the ones that are still independent, I think we're going to see some movement as far as them trying to get acquired, um, mm-hmm. even though the market is is going to soften on that end. It'll be interesting to see. And uh, I think initially, if we looked at programmatic and uh, indeed buying Click IQ. That one's a real interesting one because it's where they're playing directly in the field of Zip Recruiter and Talent.com, the old Nouveau, which have both publicly stated that they will not have um, their job boards on on those platforms. So what do you guys think about that as far as with the approach that Zip Recruiter and Talent.com are taking to not participate in Click IQ? What's your thoughts, Jeff? Um, well, I, I think it's smart. I mean, yeah. you know, the, the the history the history of Indeed. I mean, you guys are all familiar with this because you've been in the industry. But I mean, the the history of Indeed is that they partner with you, they work with you, and then they turn around and take over your market, and then they go on to the the next business segment they're going to do. And I think um, it it continues to you know to amaze me that they can find uh, com- uh, companies to partner with because uh, it's a very clear model, and I've done it over and over and over again. Um, I had a lot of conversations with job boards in the UK when they moved into the UK saying, don't partner with these guys. They're going to take your market. They did. And it happened, you know? So I think it's a, it's a smart move by um, zip and uh, talent, but I think it's a challenge because, you know, like Chris was saying earlier, they're they're They in and of themselves are huge, um, you know, between Indeed and Glassdoor, and they're backed by a huge company with very deep pockets and a long horizon. I mean, the way Recruit looks at the market is totally different than the way a typical U.S. corporation looks at the market. So, you know, it's, it's, I think it's probably smart for those companies, but, you know, whether it works or not, who knows? Yeah, interesting. What's your thoughts, Chris? All my clients that Indeed is not a friend to job boards, so... (laughs) (laughs) Even like for backfill, you shouldn't be using these backfill anymore. It's just, nope. uh, it's, it's, it's not worth it. Nope. Yeah. No, interesting. So uh, now, Shelly, do you want to yeah, dive? No, for sure. Because I think, uh, Jeff, you brought up a really good point talking about um, niche job boards. Do you think they can survive in this current climate? And, you know, with the what you just shared in terms of uh, predictions today, post-COVID. But can you share with us your perspective on niche job boards? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, I'm still seeing growth. I mean, believe it or not, I have been as busy as I've been uh, over the last year in the last two months. And most of that work has been with startups uh, that are coming into the market, which sounds insane. Um, but yeah. one, of the, one of the characteristics of niche job boards is they're pretty nimble. And they, they can afford to make focus plays on areas where there's growth. So like, you know, what some of the areas that we're seeing growth in the economy even now are things like, um, you know, medical uh, manufacturing and warehouses and logistics. And, you know, there's job boards that tackle all those specific areas. They're very good at finding those candidates. Um, so I, I, you know, I think that the, I think that the outlook for niche boards is, is pretty good as long as they're willing to be flexible. And I think, you know, the ones that succeed are the ones that are flexible and the ones that fail are the ones that don't, you know, that don't move. So. Okay. Can you tell me, uh, just define flexible. Like, do you have a good example of someone that you, um, or any particular job board that you're, you're feeling like they are reacting? 
I mean, I get yeah, the so, vector piece. That's awesome insight. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. So there was uh, a site that I've uh, done some work with that focused on the sales segment. And initially, they started uh -huh. out as a traditional sales mm -hmm. job type site, but they weren't having particularly good success um, mm -hmm. for a variety of reasons. And they moved to a model uh, which is more focused on high touch um, with the candidates and the employers um, and essentially almost, you know, they sort of blurring the lines between being a recruiter and being a job board and they've been very successful. And they and they they work on a geographic basis, um, which has worked for a lot of niche boards. Actually, they start out in a particular market, focusing on a particular thing. Like Hired.com was like this. Yeah. Then once they once they nailed down that one market, they moved to an to another um, lucrative market. And you know, it makes a ton of sense when you look at the numbers um, for certain industries. Yeah. 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 I've got. Um... A couple a couple of thoughts on uh, niche boards, uh, Shelley. Um, number one, I think you have to you have to stay lean during times like this. You got to be really resourceful as far as your marketing spend goes, and your uh, you know your content marketing, your social media marketing, that kind of stuff. Um, so it's really about focusing around that kind of thing and uh, maximizing your revenue opportunities as well. I see I'm working with a job board. In fact, I have a call after this with a UK job board uh, who is un who is not uh, who's under uh, maximizing their opportunities. So I've got a list of seven different things they could be doing right now uh, to make money that they're not. So, you know, whether it's things like, you know, having feature resumes, right, for, for job seekers now that more job seekers are going to be looking, things like that overall. So um, but it's something that uh, is definitely uh, important to, to take in mind. But if they stay lean, they can survive and, and sometimes thrive. Awesome. Great insight. Thank you. Thank you. How do you, and putting that in perspective, how do, so you talked about uh, focusing on being lean, being flexible. Um, how do you compete against the traffic of, of an Indeed or a Zip Recruiter if you're a niche board? What's your well, thoughts you, around that, Chris? Yeah, you can't, you can't go up against Indeed or Zip Recruiter. I mean, they have millions of, of viewers, right? What you got to focus is on quantity. Yeah. Um, whenever I meet a new job board owner, I say, look, you're in the apply game now. That's your business. Yeah. If you're not generating enough applies yeah. for the uh, companies who are coming to your site and posting jobs, then they're not coming back. And so that's your kind Ever. of main focus, which that's what you should be. And you can do that with, you know, a, a 10,000 a month person job board. Um, uh, you know, if you're focused on one niche and you're generating enough applies to actually satisfy that, that company. So my kind of general rule is like if the, if the employer is getting, you know, at least eight to 10 applies in the first week or two, you're doing a decent job as a job board out there. So, okay. Yeah. And I would, I would just, um, oh, go ahead, Jeff. I, I just wanted to add to that, that um, in addition to the applies, you know, the other thing you hear all the time from employers is I want quality. Yeah. Um, and the problem is most employers have never gone to, uh, you know, they, they have a very vague idea of what quality is, <laughs> you know, and so one way, one way they define quality is, as Chris was saying, a uh, number of applies. But the other, other thing uh, that they will use is um, the amount of information that comes with candidate applications and the sort of focus in general. So like if I get 10 applications and I'm looking for a, medical supply salesperson and all 10 of them have experiences that I'm going to think, man, this is a quality board. But if, if, if one of them is a warehouse worker and one of them is a janitor and one of them is a, is a medical 
technologists, you know, it's just, and it's all over the board, then your, your, your job board is sucks quite honestly. So this is some, and these are all things that uh, niche job boards can control by the way they source the candidates that they're letting, that they're, they're coming to the site. I bet all the candidates come on HR Lancers, which is a, essentially a job board for HR freelance people. Um, and uh, I look at every one of those candidates to come in and post a profile um, and when they don't meet the qualifications, I delete them. So, mm. <laughs> love it. Yeah. Well, let's yeah, go into the Grim Reaper. <laughs> yeah, the Grim Reaper, exactly. Let's get into the uh, big job boards in a sense. So, when I started in the industry, there was really two big players outside of the company I worked for. So, we're talking 2008 around uh, and seeing the basically progression of uh, career builder and monster and uh, especially in the last couple of years exactly what I should say actually regression of both uh, in the past I guess in the past 10 years we've seen a huge regression so do you think monster and career builder survive what we're going through right now um, and do you think survive even without COVID in play? Like what's your thoughts on, on monster and career builder and their survival chances? Um, Jeff, do you want to start with that one? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of funny because um, people in the industry have been uh, predicting the death of these two boards for, for years. You know, I mean, when I started as a consultant, uh, one of the regular gigs I would have would be from VC firms calling me up saying, should we buy monster or is it going to go down the tubes? I mean, you know, and it's, and, the same thing happens with a uh, career builder. I think, you know, they've had many attempts to try to die so far and they've done pretty good jobs of almost killing themselves and not quite doing it. I think this may be the time where it really does happen. And it's too bad because I mean, I think they're, they're both great brands and with the right leadership and the right focus, I think they could both resurrect themselves. But you know, honestly, I just read this morning that uh, Career Builder has uh, is trying to sublease all of all of their property in downtown Chicago at this point, um, and they've just laid off you know scores and scores of, of people, and they're all salespeople. And usually, when you see salespeople getting laid off, that means the company's starting to hit a downward spiral. Oh yeah. Um, and Monster is a, sort of a shadow of what it used to be. So I I yeah. I expect Randstad to pull the plug on them at some point. Who yeah, would acquire Monster? Who? Yeah, like, who who'd who? want him? You know what? Here's what here's what happened <laughs> with me. Monster, right? So okay, first go. of all, Career Builder and and, uh, and Monster are going to be shells of what they once were coming out of this 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 uh, depression that we're going into here. But um, it, Monster needs to sell to like a you know a uh, a uh, ten person team who can basically go in there and basically rejuvenate it from a kind of start a startup standpoint they need to go back to the startup roots essentially is what i'm saying here i never understood why monster was a you know 500 person company It'd be a job where it can be run by a small team it should be virtual as well right there's no reason to have an office if you're a national job board out there you can do everything from remote to number one but yeah i would basically sell it to a a small uh, startup type type of uh, organization who wants to kind of do something new with it and, uh, and go out at that point because they're never going to overtake Indeed or ZipRecruiter at this point. That's impossible. And uh, to me, they should just uh, kind of restart basically at this point. What was the strategy behind Randstad buying Monster originally? Um, yeah. Like, were they trying to I think they got a good duplicate? deal, number one. Yeah. They, they got it for cheap. 
Um, for what? Yeah. Well, it was also to feed the staffing, the staffing business, you know, because I mean, yeah. that's the one thing Monster had is it had millions and millions and millions of candidates registered on the site. And, you know, if, if a staffing firm, you know, that's why staffing firms often look at job boards is, you mm. know, that's a way for them to sort of feed their candidate flow. But, you know, Chris, to your point, I was just thinking when you're talking about this, um, you know, I think this may kind of end up being like a Pabst play where, you know, the yeah. Pabst, you know, the Pabst name uh, was just, it was on the, on the market and, and some, you know, some uh, startup people grabbed it and marketed the heck out of it and re resurrected the brand. Yeah. Yeah, if you're a, a, a venture capitalist out there right now, give me a call. I'll run it for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe you guys can join together and run it. Yeah, I was going to say, Jeff, let's, 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 yeah. let's I, just I love sell you the monster.com brand. Um, job board doctors. Yeah, exactly. there you go. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. I think, I think you nailed, for me, certainly from, because um, I've been on the, the corporate side, um, looking at solutions and what works and and what I what always throws up a flag for me is what where are they innovating where are they doing something um, something that is going to demonstrate that they're um, that they're moving the needle that they're doing something different um, and and yes I'm I've always been a big proponent of what the candidate experience is and so love what you said about the niche job boards because it, it's just so true um, that sense of community rather than being one in a herd. Um, the sense of community around like just a, a specific sales job board. I mean, there's tremendous value in that. So thank you for your insight on that. I, I certainly support that. And, uh, and it would be great to see somebody take Monster and make it a little more friendly because <laughs> I said, I remember the day that they started promoting it. And I thought like, why would you call it that? You know, because it's big and ugly. Like what an awful thing to call it. I don't know. Because I go back to the 90s, gentlemen. Mm -hmm. um, oh, I started yeah. recruiting in 1994. And that was way before job boards. Uh, but I clearly remember the day that Monster started to take off and thinking, so can can you share with me like where did they come up with that name? I don't know where the name came from. I mean Jeff Taylor was the guy who started Monster. Right. Um do you know Jeff? I'm not sure. Um I don't know. I mean he's the one who came up with the name. It was originally called the Monster Board. Board, yeah. And it, and it was sort of like uh similar to Amazon which started up at and in generally the same time where they're sort of thinking, well this is going to be the monster of all places that you can go to find oh, okay. jobs okay. and they and I, I'm sure you guys all remember they used to have the little cartoon monster uh, which they used in a lot of their promotions and yeah. you know it was a big deal and I mean I remember when I was at Dice um, getting uh, getting pushed by the owners of Dice to advertise at the Super Bowl because monster was advertising at the Super Bowl <laughs> and you're like, yeah, well, but we're not monster, are we? We're dice. We're different, you know. So yeah, now that that advertising on on the in the Super Bowl was massive for Monster. And, oh yeah, and, yeah. Because I remember coming into the industry uh, at uh, Workopolis, and Monster was the big competition here in Canada. But I'm curious of your thoughts. Like I, I wasn't going to bring this up, but uh, spending seven years at Workopolis and and seeing that acquisition, 
were you guys, or as far as your knowledge of the Canadian market, were you surprised that Workopolis sold to Indeed? Uh, basically, when I say they sold, they basically Indeed bought the name and, and laid off the, the whole staff. Um, were you surprised, Jeff? Um, I wasn't surprised from an Indeed standpoint mm. because they had actually um, been in the Canadian market, but Workopolis had pretty much done a good job of defending, just kind of like, you know, uh, Indeed was has is continues to try to to prosper in the Australian market, but they can't because Seek sort of own that owns that market and has been very effective. Mm-hmm. I was surprised at Workopolis, although I understand, you know, as I read about it, I understood a little bit more because if I remember correctly, there's like there are three entities that owned Workopolis, one that or, or something like that. So it's kind of like career builder where you've got all these different owners. And so when you have that situation, sometimes you sell and it's not necessarily a logical uh, reason. I think Workopolis could have continued to thrive in uh, Canada, but you know, uh, no one asked me. So, <laughs> What's your thoughts? Why didn't they call the doctor? <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, uh, to me, if I was zip, I would have went in there long ago and bought uh you know, bought uh, Workopolis and other sites as well. You know, I mean, to me, buying a job or today as a, uh, you know, as a defensive move is a great idea um, for a lot of these national guys. Even like I've done it in my, in my own past when I ran my local sites um, back in the 2000s, I remember buying up just some other uh, competitor sites that were either went out of business or, um, uh, were willing to sell to me, you know, as a defensive move to kind of capture more of that market share. So it made sense for a lot of, for, for me, for, for job offers to do stuff like this overall. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I thought I heard that ZipRecruiter was trying to buy them, but, uh, I guess they lost out the deeper pockets. Well, yeah. I, I do have more information on that, uh, as far mm-hmm. as what happened in that case. Uh, actually the closest buyer to Workopolis was Stepstone. Um, Stepstone, oh. Uh, at one particular point, Stepstone was the final candidate and Workopolis actually bowed out of being acquired. But just to give you some insights, revenue was dropping significantly by the time they sold it to Indeed, uh, which mm. was around two years after where Indeed, Zip Recruiter and Stepstone and a couple of Canadian players were in play. I, they got to a point, exactly to your point, Jeff, that um, they're owned by Torstar and a couple of different uh, holding companies that were running it. And when you're dropping revenue 20 30% every year, they're starting to panic, seeing Indeed grabbing the market. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to to get more insights from uh, from Kelly at uh, Workopolis. But obviously, I, Workopolis has a close place in my heart. I worked there for a long time, so mm. I was sad to see them go, even though when they sold to Indeed, I was now at Indeed. So that was kind of a shocker, uh, texting <laughs> with my buddy saying, oh, what happened there, guys? Sorry about that. Um, but anyway. Became part of the board, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> how about we leave it on on that end? Um, so, Chris, how about uh, where can we find you? Yeah, for my uh, job board uh, kind of stuff, you can go to jobboardsecrets.com or uh, my main uh, site with my podcast and blogs are on rectechmedia.com. And uh, Jeff, how can we find you? Where can um, we find you? Uh, well, you can certainly Everybody. find me on, on the fabled internet uh, at jobboarddoctor.com. And um, that's where I have my blog and information about the uh, consulting services I offer. And then I also 
uh, run my blog as a newsletter, uh, which is how a lot of people uh, read it. So, you know, either, any way you want to consume my content, feel free. Great. Well, I'll give you props to both. Uh, I've been getting your newsletter for years, uh, Jeff, and I recommend all to all the listeners to definitely go and find uh, that blog. And I've been a listener of Chris and the Rec Tech Media Podcasts um, pretty much since it came out. Uh, I've been a guest on it. So please do find that podcast because if you're listening to this podcast, you want to get more recruitment info, please go and uh, definitely do listen to the Rec Tech Podcast. So on that note, gentlemen, this was a pleasure. Uh, you guys gave us amazing insights on the job board industry. Really a pleasure to have you. So thank you. Have a great day, everyone. Yes, thank you so much for joining us. It was an absolute pleasure. Uh, enjoyed every moment of it. Thanks for having Thanks me. Thanks a lot. Do you love news about LinkedIn, Indeed, Google, and just about every other recruitment tech company out there? Hell yeah. I'm Chad. I'm Cheese. We're the Chad and Cheese Podcast. All the latest recruiting news and insights are on our show. Dripping in snark and attitude. Subscribe today wherever you listen to your podcasts. We, we out. out.